I came here to do what I was supposed to. Kill every last one of you. You should save your bullets because you're going to need them. That herd, it is coming. Maybe to hear the moans or the coughs, you know? Maybe they'll just stumble in through the open walls, but they are coming. And then after, after when you're just torn skin and loose teeth and blood, when you're nothing but the stuff that they didn't eat, well, that'll be a damn shame. Because there won't be a single one of you left for me to kill. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Rima. And this is the Walking Dead cast episode 302. Welcome back, Rima. Thanks. To the show. Happy I think to be here. It's the first time you've ever co-hosted a regular old Walking Dead cast episode, right? It's not the first. Just I think I've been here before. You and I? I don't think so. We talked about like, what did we talk about? Well, Pop culture maybe. and... That's right. Uh, Off-season The room. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. Now we're going to get in it and we'll disagree the whole time. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. It's good. All right. And then people are going to get mad at me for it. (laughs) No, they (laughs) won't. No, they'll hate me. (laughs) No, I don't know. We'll find out. So, uh, by the way, this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Steve Brown, who pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, Steve. We love Steve. Steve's awesome because he also he writes into Evil Dead cast too, and he writes in. He's probably one of our um, fewer listeners that that write in to us for Altered Carbon. Oh no way! Yeah, he's he's so good. He's got such great insight. Man, Steve's like a super fan. He is. Uh, I hung out with him too at one time. It was really cool. I think in Portland. So also a couple of announcements. Uh, our co-host for Fear the Walking Dead season four, since Karen doesn't watch that, and I would say once every two or three episodes, she says, I'm going to start watching that for the last like three years. <laughs> but anyways, uh, sorry, Karen. Hi. <laughs> She's we love listening. you, Karen. Love you. You should watch it. Anyways, so co-host for Fear the Walking Dead is going to be Lucy from Scotland. Yay. Yay. We've gotten a lot of compliments, and I was happy that she agreed to do that, so... Well, you guys can look forward to that. We'll probably have some guest uh, third co-hosts in there, too, since for some reason we like to do. Me, me, me. Rima's raising her hand. Absolutely. I love fear. And then uh, speaking of Rima, we're about to start Legion, and Rima's going to be my co-host on Legion this year, and Aaron will be joining us for the first episode. Yay. Yeah. So I'm stoked about that. That'll be fun. The only problem with Legion is I've been so busy lately that I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch. Uh, I'm going to have to just read all my notes or something because that show is really complicated. But uh, anyways, I'm excited. But it's to so much easier your that. second time around. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm watching season oh, you are? one. Oh, good. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be caught up. So hopefully I'll remember enough. But it yeah. it makes so much more sense the second time around. I'm glad you're watching because now it's your responsibility to make sure that we make sense. Well, we are in a shitload of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys haven't checked that out, I, I highly recommend it. It's on FX, and it season two starts up. Uh, well, this week. All right, let's get into the main event here. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 8, Episode 14. Still gotta mean something. Did you like it? I did. Yeah? I did, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. The last one I thought <laughs> Everybody was a bit did. of a snooze fest. <laughs> oh really? Uh, wait, with the zombies? Yeah. With uh, zombie Tobin. Yeah, I fell asleep for like five minutes. During... Were you Were you tired or something? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my all-time favorite episodes it. ever. All right, the disagreements are starting right away. Um, this no, I like this episode too. The, it was a little bit uneven, uh, and actually I was confused about some things, but overall I really liked it. I'm glad it had some of our favorite characters, Rick and Morgan and Carol, and yes. uh, some good tense action-packed situations, so pretty good. I can see that the listeners really liked it a lot too, mostly, mm-hmm. so that's cool to see a lot of enthusiasm. All right, let's get into it. What is your number five? Number five, well, I'm just going to start um, where we started at the beginning, and that's with, um, maybe not quite at the very beginning, but with Jadis, mm-hmm. where we left off at the last episode, and I, I I, really enjoy seeing this new side of her. I know a lot of people got really frustrated with her and the rest of her group and the way that they spoke, so I'm glad that we're still seeing like that. I feel like the real Jadis. Um, so yeah. I really, really like seeing her with Negan. I'm not sure that I quite understood exactly what she was going to do to Negan, why he was strapped to that. Um, I don't know what those things are called. I know that you work, you use them when you're working on automobiles. Roller or something. Yeah, yeah that that little cart thingy that he mm. was strapped to. Um, I apologize. I don't know what that's called, but I know what it's used for. Um, so I don't quite know what her purpose was, why he was strapped to that and, and the walker that was tied to the cart. I don't really know that I completely understand what that was all about. And I was trying to figure out if she was, she kept looking at her watch and I was wondering if, if that was because she was waiting on the helicopter, like trying to time it out because um, she had like all of her stuff packed right. and she had the flare ready and she got really upset that Negan was using it and that when they struggled for it, that it went into the that little water puddle. Um, and that was clearly, I think, what she was going to use to signal, signal the copter. So, um, and then her place, like we got to see where she slept. I thought, wow, what a stark contrast compared to the the. Mm-hmm. like environment that they live in they live in this trash heap this junkyard or whatever you want to call it dump. and her place yeah the dump and her place whatever it was in it reminded me of like they're they keep they kept negan and rick in like those big um like dumpsters and i wondered if it was one of those like remodeled mm-hmm. or something because it's like about the size of the space but it was so clean and mm-hmm. modern and minimal and i thought you know it just took me completely out of like where they live because it's I don't know I feel like if you live in the junkyard you're a hoarder (laughs) (laughs) it was a little bit like season two lost with uh, Desmond down in the hatch 
Like, yeah. You get like, what what's going on here? But it was interesting. Yeah. That, I mean, she's an artsy fartsy type, so her place looked a little bit hipsterish maybe. It was. But yes, you're right. A big contrast. It was cool. I like that yeah. touch. But, but yeah, I'm just curious what you, what you thought of that exactly. What, what do you think she meant to do? Like having Negan tied up that mm. way and their, their whole interaction. I, I just don't want to know. get your thoughts. Cause I don't know the, if I made the, sense of it really. Yeah. I was really confused. I mean, I assume that she wanted to have that zombie that was like curved back into an L shape. Yeah. Attack cool. Negan, but it was stuck. So I, I don't really know. And then Negan was strapped to that. Gr- I mean, cause they, you know, we've seen before that she had Rick down there and sicked uh, Winston on him. So mm-hmm. they like to sick crazy zombies on people, I guess, but I didn't really understand. And then, why was all her stuff, her flair and her prized possessions and her weapons in a place where Negan could easily wheel himself over and grab them? Mm-hmm. Was that just a dumb mistake? I guess so, right? It was an accidental, stupid mistake that she made. I think so. I yeah. don't think she's, I guess, been in that situation and didn't anticipate that. It was. It just ahead. seemed crazy and, and confusing to me. And then, um, yeah, but I do think that she was looking at her watch because she knew the helicopter was going to come for some reason, which we don't know, but that's okay that we don't know that. Cause that's just a mystery and hopefully we'll find out, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's a difference between being confused because things were set up weird and you don't know what the hell's going on versus an intentional, like, Ooh, I wonder who's in the helicopter. So that was sort of intriguing, but what was dumb about that too, is the helicopter looked like it was about 15 feet up, maybe higher, but not too much. She's waving her <laughs> arms. Like it can't see her. I it's right there <laughs> and they're in a they're in like a wide open space yeah it seemed, whatever it was there in the in the middle of i don't know if that's the middle but it seemed fairly open like why can't you see they're like well you know? she's waving around but she doesn't have the flare so i don't think she wants mm, to get safe. picked up because she said only <laughs> if she had the flare yeah. yeah i wonder if it's like a scheduled thing do they come by every now and again mm-hmm. how i mean how did she know i'm just and i right. guess maybe we'll find that out maybe we I won't hope so but... man that'd be lame if we don't find out but the helicopter has been hinted at before when simon said why Mm -hmm. do you have a helipad and solar panels but i i still think maybe that this whole thing is because of the editing an editing mistake that was made when rick was there and you saw the helicopter flying (laughs) around and and they decided to put it in the story i i think that's what happened i don't know it'd be interesting to lazy writing well, they're trying to, you know, there's another instance in this episode where I feel like they're trying to cover their tracks with something. And I'll I'll go ahead and mention it. What the hell? So um, when, you know, there's this whole thing with covering zombie weapons or pff, covering weapons with zombie guts and blood mm-hmm. and that infecting people and and causing them to um, get the fever and die and then turn. But fans have complained that there was a time when somebody Sasha cut Abraham with a a knife that had zombie blood on it or something. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, it's a retcon, but here Daryl says to Tara, because Tara's trying to say, look, I think Dwight actually saved me. His weapons weren't contaminated. And Daryl says, it just means you got lucky. It's not like a bite. Sometimes nothing happens. So I just think that little phrase was meant to tell us, you know, sometimes that doesn't, it's random. It doesn't always happen. It's just Mm -hmm. to cover for that thing with Sasha. Well, Rick too, right? Because didn't Rick 
um, get cut on his own. He had like that large blade when he was out um, in the RV surrounded by all those walkers. And he had just like knifed a bunch of them and then got cut. I don't um, remember that, like a but huge gash, but right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that so, and too. Nothing happened. so they're trying to just say, well, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I don't know if that's a very, if it ver- makes sense, but at least I, I I'm glad that the, cause I, I know Chris and Jason on talking dead spent like 15 minutes talking about this last <laughs> week, how it was just ruined the whole show that they <laughs> did this. So I wonder <laughs> if it'll make any difference to them that, um, they at least tried to, you know, nod to it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but let me see. Do I have anything more to say about Jadis? Uh, I liked that Negan felt bad about what happened. You know, uh-huh. he's like, you know, I feel like uh, I can. I, I he said I have a lot of confidence. Most people can be put on the right path, my path. So he wouldn't have killed her people and he's bummed and sorry about what Simon did and he's taking responsibility for it. I mean, I believe that he was sincere, sincere there. Uh huh. I do too. And then he kept telling her, I can make this right for you or something like that. I can settle things. And I'm like, well, you could kill Simon, but she still lost like 30 of her best friends. So yeah, that might help a little. It might help a little. Well, I think if if you want to probably make her feel better, just let her take take Simon out for for what yeah. he did. But you know, I don't know if he expects her to just kind of acclimate and come into the into the into his sanctuary and and become one of them or something, or right. how he's really going to make it right. But but yeah, I mean, Negan might be a bad guy, but he does keep his word, unlike some people in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, have he, has he ever lied? Not that I. I mean, can he's think he's of. a bad guy. I'm not I'm not debating that, but I mean he he is usually pretty truthful. Yeah. In like what he said, he's like you know I've always said people are a resource. Why would I do this? Right. You know? I mean, I sort of don't buy that he wouldn't. Well, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm thinking you know his goal is always to get people to come into his group and be subordinate to him. So Jadis has always had this relationship with him where they're sort of independent contractors but now that she's without her people i wonder if he would try to get her to come in either way she seemed to buy it because she let him mm-hmm. just let him go oh uh, and then we also learned that his bat was named after his wife Lucille. yes we got confirmation yep and that uh he named his bat that because his wife lucille got him through life just regular life and the bat got him through the ZA. So, mm-hmm. but I sort How romantic. of romantic. Yeah, I guess in a weird <laughs> way. <laughs> I, I wasn't serious, but yeah. <laughs> well, it is sort of, I mean, he's, I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of dumb, but he's like, don't you better protect Lucille. It's the last thing I have. Cause it's named after my wife, whatever. But <laughs> I, I also thought, dude, shouldn't Lucille already be in ashes? It was burning for a, it's what seemed like a long time when Negan faced Rick a couple weeks ago. Those little sluggers are durable. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was burning off. Um, maybe it didn't burn the bat so much as it was like burning off because he had it covered in like zombie blood and guts and stuff. So maybe it was like burning off. Like a torch the, or something. Yeah. Burning that off before it got too much to the bat. Mm-hmm. They're durable. I guess. <laughs> it yeah, seems like it's a- in perfect shape. Well, it looked like it had been, um, you know, a little bit, it had been burned, you could tell. But I mean, it had barbed wire on it too, so it was probably burning off all the crap off the barbed wire and whatever was stuck on the bat. 
And then, I mean, it did burn the bat. It looks scorched. Maybe zombie guts. Yeah, just like it's sticky, like burns up like a, like when you have a torch, you have all that black stuff on it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So uh, it's, it's my turn, right? Yeah. Number five. So uh, my favorite part of this episode was Morgan and Rick and how they handled the saviors. Um, I loved that they were sitting there and tied up and just because of the, the looks on their faces and just the way they've both been lately, I still felt like, man, those saviors are all in trouble, even though Mm -hmm. Rick and Morgan were tied up, you know, and this whole episode, like this guy, Alden, was talking to Rick and Rick was trying to get information from him to figure out where the saviors might have holed up. And Mm -hmm. the whole time Rick was talking to him, I was like thinking this kid could die any second now. (laughs) Yeah. Because Rick is dangerous. Yeah. He has that look in his eye. So Rick uh, is not right. Morgan was telling him, he's like, I'm not right. And Rick should have been like, yeah, me either. Yeah. Let's go. Right a high five, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> and then when Rick is saying, you know, you guys can all come back to Hilltop and be part of our group. You cut us loose, cooperate. We'll give you a fresh start, a chance to become part of the community, become one of us. I give you my word. There's not a lot that's worth much these days, but man, mm. but a man's words got to mean something, right? Uh, the whole time, it, the way he was saying that, he, his eyes were darting around and he did not sound convincing at all. I, uh-uh. I, I thought, no, he's not. I, if I was one of the, any of those guys, I wouldn't believe him. <laughs> what did you think? Well, I thought the same. And I was thinking uh, maybe we want to avoid going in a bar with Rick because did this remind you of anything? Yeah. (laughs) It's one of the Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah, From season two from Nebraska. Yeah. And that um, was probably the first time that I can think of where we saw Rick kill another person that wasn't a zombie. Mm -hmm. Killed two of them. Yeah. But that was like it was kill or be killed at that point. And and this is a a little different because... uh, well, he said at the beginning of this season when they stormed the Savior's outpost, and I think it was the first time when he was like yelling out stuff to Negan and everyone was wondering why he didn't just shoot Negan. But he said that same line, if a man's words got to mean something because he was trying to get the Saviors to come out and join him or whoever wanted to leave. I think that was when it was. Anyway, that was a repeat of a line he said this season. Mm-hmm. But R- Jared is like, all Rick is saying here is a steaming pile of bullshit, and and he's absolutely right. He was very right, and his his buddies should have listened to him. They, mm. but you could tell that they were all a little bit nervous and scared about the whole situation, and that they were just hiding out there, just trying to regroup and trying to figure out what to do next. And you know, Rick scared. is pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah scared, and I you know they don't know what's. But yeah, they want to well, believe it. Because half of them already him. were like, should we go back to, you know, what should we do? Negan said, or Simon said he doesn't care about us and maybe we should just go out on our own. And then Rip offers for them to go back to Hilltop. Yeah, I think that they wanted to believe him. So that that probably made it a little bit easier for them to try to believe him. I mean, I don't think he looked very convincing either. I was like, oh, what are you doing, Rick? You know, he's, you know, I think he tried to be and and he can be when he wants to be, but I don't think that he was in that moment. Yeah, and we know him. So I think Andrew Lincoln is brilliant because 
maybe yeah, so if you good. didn't know him, you might believe it, but I could feel a difference in him there where I'm like, no, he's, I mean, he totally took advantage of Morgan. You know, he knew Morgan is losing his shit and he just like pumped him up even more. And he's like, let's go get him. <laughs> he, well, he <laughs> <nodded> <laughs> at him. And then the, the one point where I started to maybe believe Rick was the zombies came in, which we didn't even know if that was true. We had no indication there was a herd. So, but it was, yeah, we did with Morgan, true. Morgan and Carol. We saw the herd when oh, they we, were, yeah, when Morgan and uh, Carol were looking for the saviors and then she left um, and, and went off the, down the road yeah. because they saw um, Turnips, oh, or no, the little they saw boy the stick and everything. Yeah, yeah. The stick in that walker. And she's like, you know, I need to go find him. And he was going to stay on the trail and they were waiting to cross or go down the road because the herd was coming that way. Oh, I didn't catch that. Well, either yeah. way, when the, when the zombies came in the walkers and started attacking everybody and for a few seconds there rick and the saviors were working together and uh -huh. you know shooting all the walkers and it, there was one guy who had saved morgan's life by saying if you kill him we're never going to get back to hilltop actually that was a little bit later but they you know he had been lobbying to keep them alive and wanting to take Rick up on his offer and he could have been just like this guy Alden, you know, like I, I, I want to join you guys. And he, yeah, she, he ran when they got out of uh, Maggie jail, but still they were unsure <laughs> and maybe he could have been, but um, anyways, it looked like they were all fighting together and then Rick gives the nod and then it's hatchet time. And I know. Morgan, I was boom, so boom, boom. shocked. <laughs> and so right before that happened, I thought, Oh, maybe, maybe Rick will keep his word, but I shouldn't have, uh -uh. I, I knew as soon as Rick, as soon as him and Morgan are standing in in front and they're shooting the walkers and he turns around and looks at that guy. He's like, I'm almost out. You go up ahead. And I was like, oh, no, because that guy had just <laughs> saved his life. And Rick turns around, gives him that little nod like, hey, thanks, dude. And then he's yeah. like, oh, here, I'm almost out. You go up ahead. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen. And then whack with, that, with yeah. the hatchet. And I was like, oh, shit, it is. It's different now. I mean, this Rick, <laughs> I don't know this Rick at all. <laughs> I, if only what would have been better is if uh, he would have given him a high five first. Right on, dude. That Just would to make him feel a little more confident. It was enough. He gave him the nod. Yeah. He gave him the nod. That's a sacred thing. I know. <laughs> the That's little fucked nod. up, man. Yes. But, uh, you know, Rick has been, the thing is, the show has gone in cycles so much that Rick wanted to go into, uh, what was it called? That hospital that Beth was in something town. I forget. He yeah. wanted to go in there and just start killing people. And Daryl talked him down from that. So he has been in this kind of maniacal attitude before. But he didn't do it. Daryl was the one that shot yeah, Don, not Yeah, he didn't Rick. do it. So You're he, right. He, he talked him down, but Daryl in the end was the one that just killed Don <laughs> after shooting Beth. But my point is that he's had this kind of a bloodlust attitude before and come back from it. And now he's, yeah, he's further probably in that direction than he's ever been before. But speaking of giving your word, he also gave his word to Carl that he would try to make Carl's vision of peace real. He said, I'm going to make it real, Carl, I promise. And he's just totally set, forgotten mm -hmm. about that. Like he wants vengeance and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, this was exciting. I, it, the only thing I don't like about it is the cyclical nature of it where he keeps going peaceful and then crazy. But um, I do like watching Dark Rick. 
I do enjoy some dark Rick, you know, <laughs> it was always, I mean, when it's like you said, when he went there before, like when we were talking about Nebraska in comparison with this scene and, and having folks in a bar and doing what he had to do. I mean, that was different with Nebraska. He had to do what he had to do. He was protecting the people on the farm because, you know, they, they knew that they could find it. And um, they, you know, for the sake of protecting his family and the rest of the group, they couldn't do that. And then whenever he was protecting uh, Carl uh, from Joe and uh, yeah. and that group and he ripped his throat out, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was pretty, pretty dark. But, you know, he was I would have done the same protecting my family. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I mean, the things that he's done and, and the dark things he's had to do you know, you're backed into a corner and it's your only option. This was not something nah. he had to do. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. But he also didn't need to go into the hospital guns blazing like he wanted to. And Daryl talked him out of it. He's, I, I'm just saying he's had those impulses before. Yeah. He yeah. Has. He hasn't fully gone there like he did in this episode. So this is a little bit further, more in the Morgan territory. Baby hanging steps. Out with, hanging out with Morgan too much. Yeah. Morgan is back to clear Morgan again. <laughs> even, yeah, he's even further. Well, maybe not. Yeah, he, he was pretty crazy and clear. We, okay. We need Eastman. What's your... <laughs> What's your number Aww. four? Yeah, we need like guys like Eastman and uh, Dale. Oh, dead. Glenn, maybe. No, he's dead. Because they're too good for this world. Yeah. Sadiq <laughs> is next. Oh, well, because he's the doctor. Can't have a doctor yeah, survive too long. I know. He's a doctor and the moral compass. Dead. Yep, so far. <laughs> well, let's have him a couple more episodes before we take him out. <laughs> okay, so my number four is Carol. Um, I... Oh, God. Melissa McBride. I can never say enough things about her. You were talking about Andrew Lincoln and how awesome he was and... Um, you know, and, and he's great in every episode, and so is Melissa McBride. I just love her so much, the way that she can just turn on a dime and show that emotion. And I really liked the the parallel that we had. This was another Easter egg that was in, in this episode where we had uh, that parallel where she was looking for Henry, which was similar to when they were looking for Sophia. And did you notice when she found Henry that she found him in like that alcove there in the in in the crick there which is very similar to where rick left sophia uh to draw the walkers away mm -hmm. i love that so much i was like oh mm -hmm. crap they're bringing up all the feels yeah and it's all it's all about well since that happened with sophia this is really significant for carol because yeah. when that happened with sophia well she still wasn't fully closed off because she let herself kind of be a mother figure to Lizzie and Mika, but mm -hmm. she was, she was a little bit hardened by it. And then phew, the Lizzie and Mika thing didn't go so well. What happened? I forget. Just kidding. <laughs> Look at the flowers. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and ever since then, then uh, what's his name? Sam came along and she was just a total asshole to Sam uh-huh the monsters are gonna get you and then when, <laughs> when henry came along she was, had a similar attitude towards him because she's just i think not, like i'm not gonna let any kid into my heart anymore no way no and, i don't blame her yeah and so when um ezekiel comes along and goes hey uh henry's hunting the savior so we need to go hunt him or you know they're his quarry so now he's our quarry and carol says no and she uh, Ezekiel says she's being cowardly or something Cow showing cowardice I believe yes she is showing cowardice 
not because she's afraid of not being able to handle herself or the saviors or the zombies or anything like that. She's just afraid to let herself have any hope about the situation because it reminds her of what happened with Sophia. Exactly. And, and then the only reason she went out there is because Morgan, she could see he was babbling. <laughs> I don't think she knows what he's saying <laughs> any more than we do. But she's like, no. I better keep an eye on you. And then, and I also think maybe it resonated with her that he said, I'm not going out there for him. I'm going for them, meaning I want to kill. And she's a little more cutthroat, but it was probably more about um, this wanting to take care of her friend. But then she saw, like you mentioned, those signs of Henry being around and started to let herself hope. And then when she found him, as soon as she saw him, she just went and killed all those zombies really quick. And like, this is what I should have done with my daughter. Well, Go. yeah, because you know that she would have felt that because she was... I mean, Carol, the development of her character from the time that we met her so different. And I think she wishes that she, at least now looking back, she wishes that she was a person that she is now. So she could have been strong for her daughter and strong enough to look for yeah. her and strong enough to protect her. And, um, you know, and then when she when she found Henry, she told him, she said, I was wrong. You can survive. And I think that's what she believed about Sophia when she was off. I mean, didn't she say the same thing? That's what she was telling, like, Rick and all. She's like, she's just a little girl. She can't survive out there mm. by herself out in the woods. Um, and she told Henry the same thing. But she said, I was wrong. You can survive. And she gave him a hug. And, and yeah, I think that she wishes that she she was that strong person like she is now, that she yeah. could have protected that's Sophia. and. And I really love that moment. You mentioned when she was talking to Ezekiel there at the end that she had that moment. And like I said, she's so wonderful. Melissa McBride is just so fabulous. Um, I hope I get to meet her one day and tell her because she's mm. so great. She really seems to, it's like the more and more that we see her and how she progresses and how her character continues throughout the series is what I love about her the most because it seems like she's really doing more healing this time around as well. It's like she told mm -hmm. Ezekiel, she said um, after she she said she found herself after losing Sophia that sometimes it feels like she could be lost, but if she was, she could find herself again. And that has certainly progressed her to where she was before because she took off because she was afraid of losing more people, caring about people and losing them. And that if she lost them, she wasn't going to be able to come back and she closed herself off. And now she's opening herself up to the possibility. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I like that because it's not like she's saying, okay, now I'm going to be an optimist and think everything's going to be okay. But it's more like I'm going to let myself care knowing that even if bad things happen, I can still be a caring person basically. Yes. And I can mm -hmm. come back from it. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. So yeah. just Carol and Melissa McBride all wrapped in one. Wonderful. <laughs> I like what you said about her maybe not having been strong enough to do the same thing with Sophia. Like she never had a chance cause they never found her, but mm -hmm. Now that you mention it, if they had found, if Carol by herself had found Sophia in that same situation surrounded by walkers back then, I don't think she could have done a thing about it. No, she right? wouldn't really know what to do. And she yeah. probably would have gotten scratched or bit or killed herself <laughs> yeah. um, in the process. Definitely not like the Carol that we see today. <laughs> right. I And I love that when she did get rid of all the Zeds. Then there was this tender moment of them hugging and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm sorry. And she goes, I'm sorry. And it was just really nice. It was just, it was nice, really like, nice. Mother son it was, thing almost. Well, and it was such a, I feel like a full circle moment for Carol. Mm -hmm. totally. You know, it's totally coming full circle. And that's, like I said, it's just this great development with her character. Yeah. That's what makes her, I think, I love a lot of the characters and almost all the characters on the show, but she is 
probably my absolute favorite because mm-hmm. I think they have done fantastic work with writing her character. And she's a good um, actress too. So yeah. she's so great. Yeah, she can turn right. it on at the flip of a switch. And what made it so cool is that the little boy that plays Henry is um, Madison Lentz's little that's her brother, little brother. Yeah. And it's Maxine. like, that's what makes it even more special. Is like, that's Madison that's so- is Sophia. So this is her, her brother. Yeah. Maxon, I think is what his last mm-hmm. name is. So it, it just, it makes it all the more special that that's her little brother playing this little boy that kind of brings her first so- full circle with the situation um, from Sophia. And I just loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I loved that. That whole thing is probably some of my most favorite interaction throughout this whole um, episode besides Rick and Morgan. I love Rick and yeah. Morgan being one-on-one. Yeah, you're right that I, I agree with you that uh, we're agreeing too much. This is bad. But anyway, that... Uh, <laughs> That's okay. What's the name? <laughs> we'll put a stop to it. Uh, Carol, you know, one of the big complaints about this show that I have and that a lot of people have is they keep repeating themes and repeating arcs with people where Morgan, he, he's he's okay, he's crazy, he's okay, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Rick, how you know, how far can Rick be dark then he's farmer then he comes back and i don't know i'm sure people have some counter arguments to this but anyways carol to me seems to more have a complete more real arc where it's not back and forth it's she was kind of weak and then she had tragedy and then she got strong but she was hard and you know she had that time where she decided to just go away for a while that made sense and now um, people have been trying to bring her back in Morgan and also Ezekiel so she's starting to come around and it just feels more like a natural progression of character to me yeah yeah I feel like you can definitely relate to her more because it it seems like what a real person would go through she doesn't seem like a character she seems like a real person because that I think we Mm -hmm. can all kind of relate to something like that and when you've you know been through a tragedy like that you 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 would act the way that you would, you know, at least put in the same situations as Carol has. Yeah. Close yourself off and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you meet people and it opens you back up and mm-hmm. And then you get smashed down by life and yeah. <laughs> and you learn to come back from it. <laughs> That's right. You learn to keep yourself open to the possibility. Yeah, if yeah, if if you're doing it right in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. M- let's see. My number 4 is, is is Morgan, Killer Morgan, who's crazy. And he's <laughs> He's a little hard for me to figure out sometimes, but um, Mm -hmm. because I wonder how much of what he's saying is just supposed to be crazy talk and how much of it is is consistent and understandable if you just knew what was going on inside his head and the writers do know it, you know, and sometimes I feel like they're just making him sound crazy and they don't really know what he means by it. What do you think? I <laughs> to to keep agreeing with you. Um, I think you're right. I don't know what any of it means, and I can't figure it out. And I wonder sometimes, <laughs> like you, are they are they just making up nonsense because they don't know what else to write? Well, I don't. I don't, I don't dislike it because I think some people are just on a different reality, right? And especially when they've been through such hard things in their life, you know, I mean, I'm thinking like homeless people that you see just babbling to themselves. That's what Morgan reminds me of. But I, but on the other hand, he, he does focus on a couple of things that he has this thing that he thinks he can't die. And he, I get the sense that he feels like he's cursed by that. And also that he's compelled to kill so when he says you're supposed to, you were supposed to, I think he's saying you're supposed to kill. And when him and Carol split up, 
Carol's trying to get him to come and find Henry, the positive thing, but no, Morgan wants mm-hmm. to kill the saviors. And he says, you know, you save people. I watch him die. And by watch him die, I think he means I killed them. And then when he gets to the saviors, <laughs> he tells him while he's still tied up, I came here to do what I was supposed to do. Kill every last one of you. And then he described exactly what was about to happen. Zombies tearing into flesh. And then he mm-hmm. said the bad thing about that was that I wouldn't have anyone left to kill. So do you think it's like the same mindset that he had in clear when he's like, I'm supposed to clear? Yes. And that's all that he was like focused on. Yeah. All he had written all over the place was clear, clear. And he kept repeating that yep. over. But instead of like clearing like the walkers, he's clearing like people. Yeah. We didn't know what clear meant. And Karen and I speculated, but I, I think it's pretty clear now that clear means kill. And yeah. you were supposed to, I think means you're, you were supposed to kill. He said at one point to, I think Carol, I wouldn't before. And I should have see we're the same. And I was supposed to, and she doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but I, I really believe that you were supposed to is about killing. And, and this fits in with this sort of addict metaphor that I've used with him before because he had that whole phase where he wouldn't kill even one person no matter what even if it was this wolf wolf guy who was saying if you don't kill me I'm going to murder your friends even then he wouldn't do it and I feel like that's like I've said this before but like the person who was on heroin and got clean and was like no I can't touch the needle not never again you know and then Mm -hmm. they end up taking a hit and or what I don't know how you say with heroin but a dose or whatever and then they're just back to being full-blown addict you know yeah that's what maybe I is. that I mean that makes sense that it, that's about the only thing that really makes sense to me with yeah. with Morgan I, I don't quite know what it was I don't know that I, I truly understand what really put him back to where he was in that same mindset it's like he's even farther gone than what he was with clear uh-huh. and I don't know that I really understand, you know, why, but it's funny because he's headed over to fear the walking Uh dead, which I've decided is okay to talk about. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, before when I was thinking about this, I'm like, Oh, those guys are so lucky. They're going to get Morgan. But now I'm like, Oh, they're getting some crazy wacko dude who just wants to kill everything. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be great to watch, but it's it's like, I'm super excited. I'm interested to see because there's only a couple more episodes here and then they're going to do the crossover event from the finale of of Walking Dead into into the premiere of Fear. And I'm curious where he's going to be. Is he going to be any better? Is he going to be on the road to being better? Is Mm -hmm. that is that what the transition is that why the transition's happening and i mean i know we'll probably you know figure that out but i'm curious to see what kind of mindset he's going to be in whenever yeah. he he crosses over and exactly what kind of morgan they are going to end up with because you know there is no cheesemaker right now cool. to bring him back and i don't know if anybody's able to i mean if carol can't do it you know madison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I think, think he's gonna be kill him. <laughs> I, I know right yeah it'll be a short crossover <laughs> Boom! Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be on his way back to healing. The most interesting thing is if he showed up on fear at his lowest, craziest point, you mm-hmm. know, and then go from there. But it doesn't seem like you're going to make very many friends with, you know, because <laughs> no. the people that, <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
there's he's going to have to meet up with somebody in fear, whether it's a group of people or whether it's just one person. And unless they're off their rocker as much as what he is um, or the same mindset, I don't know how exactly that's going to work. I mean, even if Carol, who has been through everything that I mean, pretty much the same things that Morgan has been through. Uh, Carol has been through and so many other people here on the show and if they can't help bring him back and and then you've got Rick feeding into all of that and not making it better he's just making it worse I don't know I'm I don't know where he's gonna go from here I'm interested to see we've only a couple more episodes I don't know I'm like I'm missing Nick and Strand and uh anybody else kind of Alicia uh yeah I'm missing that show and and I'm so happy to hear at least from early reports because I think most of the people listening to my voice right now have probably gave up on fear and didn't watch season three, but it was awesome. Oh my gosh. And, go watch uh, season three. And then they let go of the showrunner and I'm like, oh, right when they were getting good. But from what early reports are saying that season four is better than anything The Walking Dead has ever been. I don't, I, I can't let myself believe that, but it's just nice to hear that they have positive things to say about it like that. Yeah, I, I, I won't make those kinds of statements, but just from the trailers that I've seen, because I don't read spoilers or anything, but I do watch the trailers. And from the trailers that I've seen, it, it really looks great. So I'm hopeful um, because season three was really great. And I'd given up on fear. I watched seasons one and two and I was just like, ugh, okay, can we be done with this already? And then jumped into three and I was brought right back in again. So yeah. if they keep up that momentum, I'm pretty excited. So I'm 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 sad to lose Morgan on uh walking dead but great uh to have him on fear yeah. and see what he brings to it and see what kind of mentality he has if 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 uh, we weren't getting these good reports about fear and if um it turned out the new showrunners didn't know what to do with it or something then i would be bummed to lose morgan from the walking dead but the way it is hearing these good reports i'm like oh cool this is great i want to see what, there's a lot of characters to go around so let's see what yeah. they do i'm super excited all right. What's your what? Number three? Yeah. Number three. So we've already covered a lot of it. My number three yeah. was losing losing Morgan <laughs> was my number three. But I did like there at the end whenever everyone was rounded back up and was at Hilltop and you see Rick and Morgan uh, coming through the doors, walking up the thing and he sees Henry and there's another Easter egg that we had uh, with Morgan and Henry um, and I don't know if you caught the line or not when Morgan told Henry, don't ever be sorry. Well, yeah, that sounded familiar. What's that? Yeah, he, he said the same to Carl in Clear when Carl oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. had shot at Morgan. He didn't like penetrate him because he was wearing like that bulletproof vest, but he did shoot him and knocked him out. And that's when Rick had tied him up in, in mm-hmm. his area that he was hiding out in and stuff. And ever, um, and you know, he apologized to him later in the episode after he realized that he wasn't so bad and him and his dad were friends and, you know, from season one and stuff. And he apologized to him and Morgan told him, he said, don't ever be sorry. And uh, he said the same thing to Henry and it was a nice little call back. And mm-hmm. he seemed somewhat, but I don't know if he's just having episodes where he can, you know, <laughs> kind of come. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was a nice little, it seemed like somewhat sane moment. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was just a moment, but and a glimpse, but we covered most of Morgan, um, talking about him already, but I just wanted to mention that because I really, as soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh my God, he said the same thing to Carl back <laughs> in, um, episode, um, clear, which was a, a, such a great episode. 
Yeah, maybe I wonder if because this whole season has had callbacks, mm-hmm. and I wonder if Scott Gimple knew early on that it was going to be his last season as the showrunner, and so he's peppering the stuff in there because Clear mm-hmm. is a famously a Scott well, Gimple he, written episode. Yeah, he wrote that before yeah. he was showrunner. But another one is when Rick said, "You know me." to Morgan you know me when they first met up in the woods in this episode yeah. and uh I thought that was a little bit of a forced callback because the first time he said that was in clear when mm-hmm. Morgan and Rick had not seen each other for a long time mm-hmm. and he was trying to like say dude I, I we met before and here it's like you know me and it's like yeah you're you're one of my best friends what are you talking about I mean he, <laughs> he's so crazy that maybe he wouldn't notice but it just seemed a little bit forced to me Well, Morgan did kind of seem out of it. He did seem a little kind of out of his head a little bit, and little he did have that crazy look in his eye, and he almost for a split second looked like maybe he didn't know Rick, just like he didn't know him in Clear, like he was so just out of his head like that. And I I think that they're doing a lot of that because I think that they're trying to kind of wrap up Morgan's storyline on Walking Dead to get to transfer him into fear because Mm -hmm. they had that moment at the end. Yeah. It was Rick and Morgan's moment after they killed everyone. And Rick asked Morgan, why did you save me? And they finally kind of had, I felt like a a bit of a closure moment uh, right then. Mm -hmm. So I I just feel like they're, they're, they're wrapping up Morgan on walking dead and getting ready for his next journey into fear. So I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of drawbacks and throwbacks to that episode specifically, but I think that it's kind of appropriate because we know we're getting ready to lose him. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a thing. When you're doing these uh, callbacks, in my opinion, they work best when they call back to something, but they also make perfect sense in the moment for in context. And this one was great because it was a callback to that episode clear, but I wasn't sure it made perfect sense. But you're right. He was looking pretty crazy, so maybe you're right. But talking about like Rick... Um, Wait, what did, what what did you just mention about Rick and Morgan? After they had killed everyone, yeah. Rick oh, asked yeah. Morgan, he's like, "Why did Rick you save him, me?" Did you and save it was like, "Yeah, back in the pilot." That leads into my number 3, which is okay. dealing with the loss of a child. So, um first off, Rick struggling to kind of gather the strength to read Carl's message because mm-hmm. I knew he hadn't read it yet. He he's, right. he he's afraid to read it. Why do you think he is so resistant to reading it? Well, it's so, it's so hard with the t- try like trying to figure out the timeline because we have to wait week by week by week. But for them, it's been just days and weeks since all of this has happened, and so we know that it's probably only been just a, a couple of days since they lost Carl. And I I mean I was trying to put myself in which. I don't want to like really go there, but to try right. to understand if like, like what a real person would actually do. I don't want to ever have to think about losing my child or when, how I would act, but it made sense to me that they, they don't have time. It's like, they haven't really had a chance to really wrap their heads around him and Michonne. And of course the rest of the group, but him and Michonne, especially wrap their heads around like we just lost Carl like this really happened they haven't had a chance to really breathe and and take it in and process it yet I mean they've had this whole war with Negan to deal with and I think he's also in just a little bit of denial he's so he's so angry he's not there yet ready to deal with the loss of Carl he's mm-hmm. so angry so from think, his grief um, reading the letter would just remind him of Carl and bring Carl to the front and he doesn't want to have yeah. to face that yeah, he doesn't want to have to face it. He's not in that stage of grief yet where he's able yeah. to to have it in his face and start to deal with it. He's yeah, dealing that, with the anger first, taking think, it out on Negan and the Saviors. 
I think you're right. And I think that's probably the top reason. I was also thinking that, you know, Carl had died saying, I want you to be this kind person and he's not ready for that either. And he probably, Mm -hmm. maybe he thinks the letter is going to have more of that. And yeah, also just that it's the last thing he's ever, the last new thing he's ever going to get from Carl and he's not ready to, you know, he, you might want to save that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyways, I like that Michonne connected with him about her own son dying. Mm-hmm. Cause we have three people that I can think of Michonne, Rick and Carol that have lost children in this episode. And she says, I did it too. You keep moving to move away from it. Andrea stopped me and now I'm stopping you. Uh, I thought it was nice to call up Andrea again too. I just, I like when they refer to old characters and it reminded me of how Michonne just seemed so tight and angry when she first came on the show and yep closed off open her up a little bit but then he reads the letter and uh i don't you know i think michonne was reading her letter for the first time Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he's rick still has all those letters he hasn't passed them out but maybe you're right that if it's just a little bit of time has passed uh maybe he just hasn't it hasn't felt right to start giving out letters from carl yet yeah, I th- he just hasn't had a chance, I think, to to really process it and accept it yet. And and also, I mean, he's hearing even before he he hasn't read the letter yet. But that's what Carl was telling him in his final moments is, you know, he wants him to to move on and he wants him to find peace. And, you know, Rick and the group have had this anger and this mission towards Negan for so long. It's like, how do you just say, oh, OK. Yeah, you're right. We're just going <laughs> to we're just yeah. not going to be angry anymore. We're not going to, you know. Well, he's not doing that at all. He's not even trying, man. No, he's, he's not even trying. But it's like how do you even do that? He's ever gone before. I mean, they 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 were on this <laughs> on this path before Carl even, you know, got bit and and died. Um, you know, they were on this this path. So how do you just put, you know, a halt on that and just say oh yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna turn that around i mean he just lost his child and he sees that as you know if 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 none of this had happened if none of this you know um this whole situation with negan hadn't put his son in danger he never would have gotten bit and he never would have lost him and he's he's looking for and he's just angry in general maybe it doesn't he doesn't even matter if he's truly angry at negan negan's the easy target he's angry he just lost his child because I like it that Carl didn't even really die because of Negan, so it doesn't make right. it simple. It's not like Rick's out for vengeance, which would be a little too simplistic. So right. actually, yeah, this is the first time I've really appreciated. Oh, yeah, it's kind of good that Carl didn't get killed because of something that Negan did. Right. It's 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 He's an easy target and an easy <sighs> scapegoat because they were already on that path, and he's angry that he lost his son, which, I mean, There's I can enough totally to relate hate to. Negan for. Yeah, definitely. Kill we'll just throw that on him too and blame blame him for that and take it out on him. Uh, that's that's so, what I got from it. So then Rick asked Morgan why he saved him, which, yeah, is a callback to the pilot. And he basically was saying, even though your son was there, suggesting, you know, I could have been dangerous to your son. Morgan says, I saved you because my son was there. And mm-hmm. that just was like, oh, yeah. And if um, Carl was around, then maybe that would anchor Rick to being a more compassionate person, too. But now Morgan's son is gone and Carl's son is gone and they're pretty much monsters in this episode. I mean, you of well, course, you've got some people going, yeah, the saviors are have been bad and, and this is war. So fine. But, it, it, you know, we've been talking about how they they're both darker than they've ever been. And I do think that 
the point of this episode, at least in part, was to say that because their sons are gone, that has kind of they don't have pushed, to be role models them. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rick because remember in did, season, but... I mean, we've talked about the farm and stuff a little bit too in season two with the whole Sophia thing. But remember Randall, whenever they caught Randall and he was a prisoner at the farm, and him and Shane went back and forth on, uh, you know, either letting him go, taking him what eighteen miles out, or uh, killing him. And you know, Rick was really resistant to just killing him. He had Carl there; he was there. That's kind of another little, mm-hmm. you know, when Morgan talks yeah. about, well, my son was there. Rick that same thing. The Carl end. was there. Yeah, you're right. That was what caused Rick to change his mind. Yeah, and remember how Carl snuck in there where Randall, they were keeping him in that shed, and he was like, you know, asking his dad, are you going to kill him? Are you going to kill him? And Rick was like <laughs> freaking out, thinking, oh, he's going to turn out to be a little psycho, and he's got to do, he's got to be a good influence for him and set a good example. That's what I think Morgan was trying to say. Well, my son was there. That's why I saved you. And um, I was, this was another moment at first where I thought, does it really make sense for all of a sudden Rick to start asking Morgan, why you saved me? Why'd you save me that day in this moment? But then the second time through, I'm like, yeah, I think maybe Rick is feeling like he's not worthy of being saved because he just killed a bunch of people that he gave his word. He would help. And uh, Mm. maybe that's why he asked that. That's what I was thinking. That's good. I didn't, I didn't really question so much why he was asking it in the moment, but that does make, good sense because yeah he's maybe he is questioning who he is right now because like i said that's not the rick i know that um that we saw in that bar i love it (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying i don't like it i've been saying what's going on (laughs) for like pretty much years now i totally dig watching rick and i love andrew lincoln as a person but i don't think i'd want to meet rick at this point or be a part of his group necessarily maybe but you got to watch yourself around this guy. Yeah. And the decisions that he makes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln is really knocking it out of the park. I mean, when he walked in on Michonne, when she was reading her letter from Carl and he just walks yeah. in the room and just immediately, you can see how it affects him. Tearing I mean, up. it's amazing how he can just turn that on. And then after she left, he yeah. Yeah, yeah broke down a little bit more and it was killing me. And that's, I know Andrew Lincoln loves that. He wants to make people feel something. So that's yeah. Cool. He's great. All right. Number what? Two? Two. Um, well, my number two was, we, we've kind of already talked a lot about it, and you mentioned it earlier, was the, this theme of coming back. We've had it so much in this show. So bored and, with this theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit bored with it, too, with the exception of just Carol. You know, Carol's the one that I yeah, feel I like so. at least it's it's progressive and it's real. It's like you said, it's it's like you can at least imagine a real person if they're doing it right is mm-hmm. is how you can imagine it happening is with Carol. But we keep having that recurring theme in the show, being able to come back from the bad things that have happened or the bad places that you've had to go to in this world. And, you know, it, it makes you uh, question yourself and then you try to come back from it. And we've seen it with Michonne. We've seen it with Carol. Uh, Morgan and Rick uh, multiple times. Everyone, even Tara now. Yeah, Tara now. Mm-hmm. Uh, add her to the list, and yeah, pretty much every, even Daryl to some extent. Henry. I don't know how much progression <laughs> Henry, even at such a young age, he's already going through it. Well, Carl did too. Carl went yeah. through it. You know, he yeah. he was he was kind of turning a little bit there for a while, and was everybody was worried about Carl, and he was able to come back from it. And look how he how he ended up. He's the one trying to save everyone. And I think Morgan, another thing that he often says that doesn't totally make sense is everyone turns, and you think it's not as simple as zombie. 
zombies. And I do think he means turns into a dark person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably in this world. Yeah. I like that, but we've already kind of talked a lot about that, but that was, I won't go into that in too much more, but just that theme. We've talked about, or just about all the rest of my, well, almost, but, uh, so yeah, my number two was just all the stuff with Jadis and Negan, which we've totally covered. So what's your number one? Well, again, we've covered a lot of it already, and that's Rick. I mean, it's just, I, I, by the end of this episode, even watching it twice, I'm just like, what is he now? I mean, he he really lied about giving his word, and he's really, at this point, in, in my eyes, in this moment, he's the bad guy now. <laughs> I mean, he's, and I'm not saying I don't like it, because, but I mean, but there's an element there that I'm just really questioning, where are we going to go? Because right now, even, like I said, I think even Negan is, he's, he's a total bad guy, and I, I'm totally not justifying anything that he's done um, to to our group you or any other group. But okay, I'm no, I'm just like full disclosure because I don't want people like, oh my god, you're defending everything Negan said or does, and I'm like, no, I don't. I I, I realize who, what he's done, but I mean, for the most part, it seems like, and I and I tried to recall, like, is there ever been a time, even with the bad things that he's done? I mean, he straight up told Rick and the group what he was going to do, and he kept his word. And it seems like every interaction that we've had, he's at least been very upfront. This is what I'm going to do. I mean, it's horrible what he's going to do and what he's done. But he's kept his word about everything that he's done. He was remorseful about Jadis losing her group. He did not condone what what happened there and wanted to find out what happened there so he could take care of it, which I don't know how it was really going to take care of it. The people are gone. He can't bring them back. Um, you know, what's done is done. But it just seemed like Rick Rick is the bad guy now. He had so much glee when he was bashing Glenn over the head with his eyeball popping out and then (laughs) saying, you know, with Abraham, you're taking it like a champ that after that, even though it was the first thing we saw, I don't think anything Negan could do would uh, change my mind that he's just a horrible, horrible person, no matter how he justifies it in his mind. (laughs) And I, I never I don't think Rick. Well, you never know, but I don't, I don't argue Rick, that. I really Rick would don't. Ever I'm do just that. saying, yeah, he's honest. He's honest about who he is. Is Rick a bad guy? And I think um, he's very dark, and he thinks now that uh, he always has people that he's loyal to. You know, like the people he loves and trusts, he's not going to do anything um, bad to them. He's going to try to protect them. But if you're not in his circle then you could be fucked even to the point where when he was leading those Alexandrians around and he told Michonne, I think, you know, Hey, if they stray, then you just got to cut them loose. Cause we need to be on the move here. You know, he was, you remember that he just didn't give a shit. Yeah. He said that he'd take over the town if they had to, like yeah. they just, they'd completely take over Alexandria. But if you are in his group, then he's going to try to protect you. So yeah, I guess, I mean, it, he's a, I would, definitely say he's know. in that gray area for sure and it's it's a probably slippery slope a, yeah where yeah, he's yeah. where he's at i mean i'm not saying he would do anything to anyone in his circle but in my opinion he's a bad person yeah because but see this is an argument that i have with with people in this world whether if someone like this alden guy seems like a good guy who got in a bad situation and now he's trying to make good there are people around me here who would say, no, fuck him. He blew it. You should kill him. And I don't think so. So when Rick kills this other guy in the bar who I, that's it's a little different, though, because he chose to run. So it's not there aren't any easy answers. 
<laughs> no, there's not. I don't yeah. I don't think we're going to figure it all out yeah. here, but I don't know. It just, it really shocked me. Uh, I mean, I've seen Rick go in some of those dark places and I was with him the whole time, you know, every time he's went there and, you know, when he was talking about, you know, if they have to take over the town of Alexandria when they weren't trusting those folks yet, I was with them when he took out Joe and, and the claimer group, I was with them and, you know, everything yeah. that he's done, you know, I've been with him when he's had to go to those dark places because it seemed like it was for a purpose, but I just didn't yeah. see a purpose behind it. Even hacking one. up Gareth. But um, when he wa- Yeah, I was I was okay with that. When he wanted to go into the hospital and kill everyone, I was not at all with that. I was like, What? Mm. <laughs> what do you you don't even know these people? You don't know if they're I just didn't good think it was smart. Yeah, I just didn't think it was smart. He didn't Ooh. have enough information going in to say that he just needed to cut care or like take out everybody and there. When he started shooting at one of the um, kingdom guys, the first kingdom guy he ever saw, he yeah. didn't even know who it was and just started shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And Morgan <laughs> yeah, was with him, and he's like, "Oh, life is precious." <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, wait, you don't know this guy? Why are you shooting at him? So I haven't always been with him. I, I've been with him most of the time, but not always. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, going back that far, yeah, I don't know that I was with, you know, you, yeah, you're right. You don't know who that person is. But um, for the most part, I've been with him on most of, most of his decisions, yeah. you know, and things. Like biting Joe because, in the neck, absolutely, yeah, after he yeah. tried to rape Carl. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that whole, <laughs> oh, my God, that was horrible. That was so hard to watch. Yeah. But um, Grady yeah. Memorial, I just remembered it. That it was the Grady Memorial Grady. Hospital. We keep, we keep some, forgetting like, what the name of it is. I think it was Slabtown. Yeah, the, I think they call it Slabtown, but it was yeah. Grady Memorial. But anyway. We got it. Anyway, my number one was Rick. What's your number one? Well, we already covered it, but I'm going to switch it okay. up to be Jared, who <laughs> I, I, I always like. He's such a sniveling asshole. And in this episode, he got more to do, which I knew meant, oh, he's about yep. to die. He's talking He's got a more lot. than five lines. <laughs> yeah. And he had some fun ones. Like he said, we're done. Let's dump up. Or was he say maybe this is a typo? But he goes, "Let's get out of here. I want a sandwich." I <laughs> want a sandwich. I thought all I could think was that is such a guy thing to say. Where's my sandwich? <laughs> and uh, then he um, he was telling talking about Morgan. I didn't write this one down, but what did he say? I saw this guy like choke his own guy out, and that was pretty funny. But then what was best was when uh, he fought with Morgan and he's like, you like sticks, right? And he's trying to st- stab him. And then he got the awesome, gruesome death that he absolutely deserved because he's such an asshole with Morgan holding him through that chain link fence as the Zeds just swarmed around him and tore him from bit to bit. So that was uh, pretty awesome. It was really cool. Um I mean, in in its own way, of course. And I felt really bad. You know, I really like that guy. He's such a nice guy in in, in real, real life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's a nice guy because you know him. Because why? Because last year at Walker Stalker Atlanta, um, last October, um, I got to work with him during the live comic reading uh, panel that yeah. we did. We did a panel because of. Uh, Lizzie from Brains Gone Bad had this idea to do a reenactment of an issue of the comics. So we got a bunch of people to act out the roles, and some of them were actors, one of which was him, Josh McKell. Mickle, yep. He, what did he play? Jesus, Goodness. right? 
Yeah, I think he played yeah. the role of Jesus. And yeah, Jason uh, Warner Smith, Jason, who is yeah. Gavin in the show, he played Gregory. Yep. Yeah. He was and, very nice. And uh, the guy from Fear, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Who's Jake? Yes, yeah. Sam. Sam, Sam Anderson. Sam Anderson. He played Rick to Rima's Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> to see all these guys playing different parts. And then we had like listeners and fans jumping in there. Eric, uh, Mr. Blog, played Negan. Oh, that was, so. he did such a good Negan. That was a good, Sam Underwood. <laughs> yeah. I got to get his name oh, right I'm because sorry. he was so sweet. He played Jake Otto in season yeah. three of Fear. If you watch uh, season three for no other reason. He was a great, um, great comic book Rick. That's for sure. It was hard to keep my composure. <laughs> he was very nice. They were all very nice. But yeah, I got to know Josh Mickle. He was very open. He's very sweet. He's a very down to earth guy. And while I was kind of like okay with his character going down, I felt really kind of bad. I was like, oh no, yeah, I like that guy. No, he's super he, nice. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. So one thing I forgot to mention is uh, talking about Rick. This last guy who is gasping for breath and he says uh, the savior after Rick had killed just about everyone else. You said you said we could have we could have lived after after this. And then Rick blows him away. Uh, I lied or whatever. And um, that speech really brought to mind what Carl said. There's got to be something after this. mm -hmm. And so uh, that was a clear just message from the writers that Rick is ignoring what Carl said. Well, even though he promised. Yeah. Well, considering what I saw and I won't say it here, but something that I saw for next week um, makes me wonder how far that will go. And if he maybe really will start to take um, what he says into consideration. And mm -hmm. I know after watching it the second time, I kind of did question just a little bit. I mean, we've, we've seen this level of Rick before and in, in when he's went to these dark places to do what he needs to do. Um, whenever he was still at Hilltop and he went and asked, and I I should know this guy's name and I can't think of him. He's one of the prisoners there at Hilltop, the one that um, that Rick was talking to there in the beginning and asking him, All like, where do you, okay, so he's a, he's asking him and he's like, you know, can I, can I ask you a favor? And you can tell Rick's like, like, seriously, you're asking me for a favor, you know, like yeah. you're a prisoner and I'm going after your like, I'm going to kill you right now. That's what Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting to look on his face, but he's like, uh, he told him, he's like, you know, you, you could do that. And Rick, he goes, yeah, I, I could. could. <laughs> and uh, just I the won't. way that he said, he's like, well, I could. But you can hear him say, but I won't, just like he mm. said. Um, so that was kind of like, like, uh-oh, Rick is not. He's, he's, something's different. And then, yeah, we definitely see. At the end of the episode, he finally read the letter. We didn't get to see what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope we do get to see some of these. I think it would be pretty dumb if we don't get to see any of them. But anyway, I, I wonder there. if that might uh, change his mind, you know, the reading the letter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, notes. Uh, we covered most of my notes. The only one thing that I wanted to bring up is, do you think Eugene is in danger? Yeah. And I love that whole sequence. <laughs> Real danger <where> or? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I do. They um, go to, they realize the saviors are probably going to be making more bullets. Rosita knows where that would be because she went there with Eugene before. And then she's like, 
what did she say? We don't need to take out, not the machine, let's take out the man. Mm-hmm. And that line was just so good because they had been friends before, but she's so mad at him for being a traitor. Yeah. And it's so harsh. And yet it makes sense because he's the only one who knows how to make the bullets. So I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I will not say that I like Rosita because I don't right now. Um, but I thought it was a really good line and thought it was thought it was interesting yeah and i think um there's a chance that eugene could have a whole arc where he's fighting for redemption and i in my view there's a 50 50 chance that he's about to die (laughs) i don't think he's gonna die i think he's probably in danger but i don't think he's really gonna die Mm -hmm. well if he's not really then he's not in danger anything else nope yeah i like that they're scoping him out they see eugene and we don't take out the machines. We take out the man. Uh, okay. What else? I thought it was kind of interesting that Ezekiel couldn't get Carol to go find Henry and kind of calls her a coward, but then he didn't go himself. It's like, <laughs> oh, who's the coward? <laughs> go get Jerry or something. Come on. Dude. Um, next line. Rick's beard is really white is that Mm -hmm. do you think that's andrew lincoln's natural color now or are they like whitening it up for some reason um if i had to guess i think it's probably andrew lincoln's natural yeah yeah so white the zombies have aged him (laughs) next morgan didn't seem to get that one zed that had henry stick in his mouth in the brain it looked like he got him in the yeah like like below the the eye yeah yeah yeah, I get I him in the brain. I know. I was really confused with that. I was like, even if you at least still get him in the eye, it still penetrates the brain. But it looked like it totally the bypassed the the whole yeah. brain. I don't know. He should have like when he stabbed him, kind of scrambled it a little bit. They're so, <laughs> they're so juicy right now. I could have scrambled it a little bit. <laughs> Got in there. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing which we absolutely need to talk about is the last scene with Negan who says who picks some stranger up mm-hmm. says holy hell if shit could shit it would still wouldn't look as shitty as you so who do you think it is Laura Laura yeah yeah I think it's Shane April Fool's, April Fool's. a day late <laughs> no. no I think yeah. it's, I, I, there's a couple possibilities um I think but I think it has to be Laura because he didn't seem to be real so surprised gonna, but the thing is because she's um, going to rat out Dwight Dwight but the thing is when he came back to uh I want to say Saviorville Sanctuary <laughs> he uh he said you know yeah it's me but uh don't tell anyone I'm here in fact I got a I got a few surprises for you and whoever he had picked up was not in sight. So maybe mm-hmm. they were in the trunk or whatever. I'm thinking, well, if it's Laura, maybe he'd want to keep Laura's secret. If Laura already told him what happened with Dwight. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to clue Dwight in. Yeah. Because he's, he's coming in on the down low himself because he's like don't tell anyone i'm here and he's gonna i'm sure make a surprise visit to both dwight and to um because you think he's going to be going after simon after what he's done to uh, you know he disobeyed his orders uh with the whole thing that happened at at jadis's place in in her group and then of course what simon and and um dwight cooked up uh leaving negan like they did so i think that 
it's you know people can probably assume oh he's going to go after simon but i think that he he found laura found out the truth about dwight how he's been double crossing him this whole time and he's gonna he's gonna be cleaning house yeah i think you're probably right there's a few other uh people that people are speculating about we'll save that for the listener feedback so you can have the listeners mention it and with that that's our coverage for this episode we'll take a little break there's more to come stay with us Numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay, we have some super fun news items this week. So the first one that we have is from CBR.com, and this one is titled Greg Nicotero Wants a Walking Dead spinoff that tackles frozen zombies. <laughs> So, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Um, speaking to fandom, Nicotero was asked whether he would like to tackle a show that moves beyond the confines of the United States. However, one step further to explain exactly what kind of spinoff he has in mind. The one thing that the comic book does great is when they introduce the cold weather and the winter, he says. I had even written some webisodes that took place with a frozen zombie herd, and I think that our hopes are, my hopes, would be that we get into an entirely different location, like a cold weather scenario, because frozen zombies are fucking awesome, until they thaw out, and then you're screwed, because they would freeze and thaw out, and they would be fine. So AMC has ambitious plans for its Walking Dead franchise to continue for decades and expand beyond the original series and its companion, Fear the Walking Dead. Scott Gimple, who's now chief content officer for the entire zombie universe, has teased what comes next will break the norm. Taking the premise to a frozen wasteland would certainly fit that brief, and with the history of horror being littered with snowy backdrops, zombies and extreme weather sound like a recipe for ratings. One big plot point missing from both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead is the lack of winter. Seldom rains on either, so any sort of extreme cold would be new to the franchise. In contrast, the comics introduced snowy zombies as early as issue 5 and even featured them on the cover. Um, ice zombies are nothing new but it would be interesting to see amc's take on the idea the runaway success of game of thrones has made the zombified whites and the white walkers into terrifying creations so maybe fans should keep their eyes peeled for a frozen spinoff the walking dead when we finally leave westeros behind i feel like he's just pandering because he knows people have been wanting to see the snowy zombies like in the comic but it's a little crazy to me like oh yeah let's do a snow zombies and then we can have desert and a jungle we can have walking <laughs> dead hawaii <laughs> they'll be it'll be all the folks from lost <laughs> yeah. whole... season seven zombie <laughs> uh walking dead hawaii 5 <clears throat> yeah. anyway We'll anyway. see. I don't know. It could be fun. We'll I mean, it's it it, what, what he says is true. I mean, it, like we keep seeing where they skip seasons, you know, they keep going from like fall to spring. We completely don't see snow and too much rain um, in there. So I don't know. It might be kind of fun. It, it could be see. good. I mean, the, the bottom line is that the story has to be good. It can't just be the same of course. thing, but with snow. 
<laughs> of course. I mean, if they make him as cool as White Walkers on Game of Thrones, yeah, I'm in. True. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, next item is from PCGamer.com. So Telltale teases The Walking Dead's final season with a nostalgic Clementine callback. I know that was super cool. Um, I, I, put this out on on the social media so hopefully everyone's had a chance to see it because it, it's definitely worth looking at the it's definitely visual um, but telltale said last year that the final season of its walking dead adventure series would be out in 2018 and so it will be the studio tweeted the first tease of the last season earlier today um, this was just a few days ago with an image that very deliberately harkens back to the game's first season it's haunting callback with a grown-up clementine filling the shoes of a man with an axe lee everett who bravely fought to keep her alive throughout the season um season four will also see the return of gary witta the former pc gamer eic who for some reason left all this fame and fortune behind to go do something else he wrote the fourth episode of season one and will serve as, as a story consultant for the final season he wrote uh, star wars rogue squadron hmm cool yeah so that's what he went to do for some reason. <laughs> wow, imagine that. But yeah, that was super cool. If everyone has a chance, you should take out, or if you're a fan of the Telltale Games, check that out. It was super cool. Go Melly Hutch. Um, next item is from Undead Walking. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh of The Walking Dead hosts Trash Queen Shirt Fundraiser. So the scavengers on The Walking Dead are a rare breed living among piles and piles of garbage. They have unique ways of speaking and dressing. They also double cross their neighbors. Several different names are associated with them, including heapsters, garbage people, and more. With Jadis being the group's leader, fans easily identify her as the trash queen. Pollyanna McIntosh, the ac actress who plays Jadis, is now using that association for a clever shirt to raise funds for the Joshua Nolan Foundation. The foundation, based in Scotland, provides mental health counseling and suicide prevention awareness. Pollyanna designed the shirts, which depict a crown set upon Jadis's unique hairdo, with Pollyanna's signature beneath the name Trash Queen. It's a simple but clever design that any fan of The Walking Dead can easily recognize as being associated with Jadis. Um, the fundraiser continues for 13 more days, so do not delay. You can go to httpsrepresent.com slash Pollyanna to get you a shirt and um, support this foundation. I'll Super cool. put that in the show notes, that link. So this next item is an item that I have in regards to, we talked a lot about um, Morgan crossing over into Fear the Walking Dead. This was an interview that they had with him talking a little bit about the crossover. It's nothing that I don't really consider to be too spoilery, but if you don't want to hear anything about it, and if you're staying away from things like that, um, feel free to skip to the next section. So in this interview, one question he was asked, they said being the only and this is from cbr.com sorry <clears throat> they asked being the only character to cross over from the walking dead and fear the walking dead what creatively excited you about that possibility lenny says the possibility of taking a character that i thought i knew inside and out that i had taken a real responsibility for that i had taken ownership of and i had a real protection for and then generally having him spun out into a new horizon, a new kind of canvas. That was really exciting. It was the only reason I said yes, the exploration of the character. It wasn't really for any other reason other than what would be the possibilities of bringing Morgan into the heart of a different collection of people where he had a different set of history and different connections and see who he could end up being. For an actor having already been associated with a character for eight years, that's a hell of a gift. It's very rare. They also ask him, what kind of story are we looking at? Can we expect human versus her human conflict, human versus Walker? What would you say is the main story driver here? 
He says, I think one of the main things that's different here on Fear rather than The Walking Dead is one is much more nomadic. There's not at the moment in Alexandria, there's no kingdom. On The Walking Dead, particularly in the stage they are at now, it's all about the groups and the groups coming together in preparation for war. This one is much more sparse. In this part of the apocalypse, people have not banded into groups in the same way, and those groups don't have a home. They're much more out on the road. Oh, what? He didn't must not have watched season three where they had that big <laughs> arena with all these people grouped together. <laughs> sort of. He's like, yeah, I didn't watch it. but Yeah. He's like, I don't know. They, they said I had to cross over on the show and I didn't watch it. <laughs> right. And uh, they gave me a 10% raise. So I just I just went where they told me to because they're, yeah. they're signing the paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody with any affiliation to either of these shows listens uh, I should have said this a long time ago, but we just like to have fun and be- mess around, but we don't mean any disrespect by it. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. Full disclosure. No, we we love it. We love I, it. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm totally excited. The only I was just thinking, though, one thing I kind of liked about fear is uh, I, I don't like that the term walker has co-opted the term zombie because, and we even got in trouble once when I would say zombie and uh, one listener wrote in and goes, they're not zombies, they're walkers. And I'm like, well, Robert Kirkman describes this as the zombie movie that's never ended. But anyways, I liked when fear came along cause they were using different terms. I think they would just mm-hmm. say the dead. And now that um, Morgan comes over there, he might like infect them with that term. He might bring it with them. Oh my, I didn't even think about that. That yeah, he's gonna take that term walker and cross yeah, it over all, along with them. Start using it like totally tubular or something. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> all right, is that it? That's it for the news. Sweet. All right, let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh- okay, there's tons of messages this week. This episode really resonated with you guys more than usual we couldn't include them all but uh there's a bunch here some are even edited down if you don't hear your message i still totally appreciate you guys writing in and and try again next time awesome so first one is from heather mckim she says carol finding henry was the closure she needed after living with the guilt of not finding sophia all this time and carol hugging henry when he is found alive has doubled the gratification when you realize the actor playing henry is the brother to the actress who played sophia totally yeah i like that heather i agree thank you Shannon Bolin says, shut up. I did not know that. LOL. And he was found basically where Sophia was supposed to be hiding in a riverbank. Yeah. Yeah. Nigel Jones says, I was half expecting to see a Walker Henry and I half wanted to. Smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, Nigel. It would have been that bad. Walker, uh, Sophia, Walker Henry, right? (laughs) Yeah. And Carol would have just been like, yep, that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. It would have broken her all over again. I wonder. I wonder, she probably just went, I told you, Morgan, see, or Ezekiel, Ezekiel. I told yep. you, Ezekiel, he's fucking dead. Told you he wasn't <laughs> strong enough to survive. Bring him, bring him back as a zombie. Look, here's your Henry. Are you Have happy? him on a leash. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Alicia Stout says, by far one of the more gruesome episodes in a while. Wow. Carl would be so disappointed in Rick. 
I saw a definite theme in tonight's episode, couples and making choices, Rick and Michonne. Rick ignores Michonne's plea to read the letter from Carl to go do his own thing. That was such a touching moment between those two. I couldn't help but cry yet again. Daryl and Tara. She gives in and decides not to kill Dwight at the the next chance. Morgan and Carol. Morgan is still trying to find himself and decides not to join Carol on the search for Henry, but to go on a killing spree with Rick. Holy hell, by the way. And Jadis and Negan. Oh, how I wish she would have killed him, but no, she decides to spare him, as everyone does with Negan. (laughs) It was cool, however, to hear the story of Lucille Carol and Henry. Wow, what a touching moment. Actually, the more I sit and think about it, the more I really love this episode. I know, me too. I like it more and more as I think about it more. Yeah, I agree. Robin Cooper Simon says, I'm thinking Negan picked up Sherry. Could be an interesting little twist for Dwight. Hmm. Yeah, that that Hmm. could be cool. I think he would have been more surprised, though, if he'd ran ran into Sherry. Yeah, and uh, someone said Gregory, too. Yeah, I heard that too. But I think you're right. I think it's Laura and that's why he's hiding her because she told him she snitched on Dwight. Dwight can only keep getting away with what he's gotten away with for so long. Mm-hmm. Shit's got to hit the fan. <laughs> uh, Mofevo says, I think Negan picked up the woman who caught on that Dwight was helping Alexandria leading saviors into a trap. That's Laura. Get out of my head, Malfavo. Mm-hmm. Paula Hopper says, the way Jadis was playing dead, that's how I used to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that, but the way she had her eyes open was yes. was perfect. It was, that was so good. Yeah, just the right way to do it. And eerie, too. And it looks how Paula sleeps. It looks really <laughs> uncomfortable, Paula, on the side of your face and hunched up like that. And you're In a pool like, of blood. wrist twisted and bloody. <laughs> Um, anyway, as for Rick, man, I sure hope Carl's letter makes him turn a new leaf. This episode has my feelings all confused. Is Rick a bad dude and Negan isn't such a bad dude? (laughs) Pierre Burt says, Rick is officially a bad guy. I love it. Morgan was freaking awesome. Loved, loved how he held on to that weasel so he could finally get his comeuppance. Very good episode. Except for the first scene with Jadis, how the hell did she have that white dress on with pants on? <laughs> they did kind of you skip know, over I, that. Yeah, I question that too. I go, what? That's like a grandma nightgown up underneath uh, those pants. How all do you... <laughs> up in there, not wrinkled when it comes. She must have some wrinkle-free stuff. You know, anybody that has, um, okay, any woman anyway that's worn a long nightgown like that and has had to put on pants in a hurry, um, that's not comfortable. So I don't know how that's happened. Um <laughs> I question that myself. Um, Heather McKim says, Rick is bad. Negan is good. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Oh, Ghostbusters, they'll come back. <laughs> Pam Moore says, this show is starting to resemble 1970s Batman. The Joker catches Batman and instead of just killing him, comes up with some elaborate scheme and then he gets away over and over. Sound familiar? That's, I guess, Jadis with uh, Negan. Mm-hmm. Well, he also, you know, he had the gun right there and never even used it on Jadis. He didn't use it to knock her out. He didn't shoot her. You know, he just kind of had it he over here off her. of the side. He shot at that walker. Well, he did, I guess, kind of shoot oh, at her and she kind of used that walker. A shield, yeah. I guess maybe she was, but she was literally lying on top of him fighting for that flare. And he had the gun in his other hand. If he wanted to kill her, he could have. So it just seemed, but I mean, you would have thought that maybe he would have at least knocked her out with it. I thought that was, yeah, maybe you're right. I just thought it was poor staging. 
Gemma Hall says, Jared got his face eaten off by walkers. Yuck. It was kind of like Noah's horrific season five revolving door death, but we all hate Jared and we're happy he got his just desserts. Well, the walkers did anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hardy horror. horror. (laughs) (laughs) I love watching Jared, but I'm glad he got a gruesome death too. I'm going to miss his snooty snide comments and his weaselly face. He was definitely one, I think, that we all really love to hate. I I really miss the actor because, like I said, he's a really nice guy. I got to know him just a little bit, and he's super nice and really down to earth. Um, But for his character, he definitely got the death I think he deserved. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, in fact, it was, I think he should take that as an honor that he got such an awesome death. Mm -hmm. But what I loved about his character is he never had anything less than just totally messed up to say or do you know what i mean oh yeah there was no sign of any goodness in him nope he was a weasel (laughs) through and through like that and yeah it was in a weaselly way that i think you can imagine being a real person like that in your life that you've known before that just never you never want to see this guy (laughs) right yeah all right Pake Allen says, I really liked this episode. It wasn't super action-packed and didn't further the war much, but it made me feel a lot. Jadis Jadis was broken, but beautiful here. I did not feel good about what Rick did. I'm very bothered by it. They weren't all bad people, and it's exactly the opposite of what Carl would have wanted. Made me a little queasy to see him take that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very relieved that Henry is alive. Yeah, he can be a dumb shit, but I still <laughs> like the kid, mainly because I see the love Carol has for him, even if she fights it. He reminds her of Sophia so much and makes the casting perfect. And I was hurting for Carol the whole time, knowing she feared the worst and what would happen to her if she lost him. Deep episode to me. Yeah, I agree, Pake. Cheryl Rainey Fox says, I was surprised that Rick had not handed out the letters Carl had wrote to the others. What is he waiting for? A memorial service? (laughs) Maybe now that he has read his, he will pass out the others. Why is everyone upset that Rick lied to the saviors? This is all out war. If you're going to win, you cannot give your strategy away. And even if you are a compassionate person, what would you do all tied up? I mean, Morgan and Rick had to get themselves unstrapped or unstuck to save themselves. Why should they save the others? Yeah, that's dark, dude. That's that is dark. that's dark. And usually, <laughs> yeah. I usually I go down the path of the dark, but I was really struggling with this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even there is a side of me that agrees. Yeah, it's war. These are the enemy, so I can understand where you're coming from. And Shane Perrier says, "Holy crap! Did I just see a pregnant walker during the fight scene with a herd? Did you notice that? I don't. I did, and I, I wondered walker. the same. Yep." Hmm. I don't know if that's what they meant for it to be, but right. I, I saw that and thought, oh, but then all this action was happening. And- right. Yeah, I think I, I kind of caught it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think pregnant walkers, the babies always claw their way out. So I don't think that's what that was. <laughs> Just a fact. Well, who's getting dark now? <laughs> I talk about that's- a walker baby when Lori was pregnant and that the baby was going to like eat its way out of her and I get called dark. Hmm. That's what happens. It's just what happens. I know. Okay. Got some emails here. So the first one is from Rachel Teal. Hi, guys. 
First of all, Jason, it was so good to hear you excited about the show again last week. I hope you're just as pumped this week. It seems like even Chris Hardwick is relieved that he doesn't have to feign enthusiasm anymore <laughs> on Talking Dead. <laughs> what a fantastic episode. I love loving episodes again. Finally. Oh, Rick motherfucking grinds. Yes. Whenever Rick says a man's word has to mean something, you know shit's going to go down. <laughs> Loved it. And rat-faced bastard Jared finally got what was coming to him. I had been waiting for that for so long, and it was just as satisfying as I wanted it to be. I love the callback to Sophia, plus Carol really needed that. I love the callback to Clear, too, with Morgan yelling, you know me, uh, to Morgan. And I love Crazy Morgan, but damn, I love Crazy Morgan and Rick motherfucking Grimes as a dynamic duo even more. I do, too. (laughs) That. That being said, I'm watching season three of Fear now, and it really is so good. You all were right. I'm glad I stuck with it. Oh, good. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, And now I'm actually excited for Morgan to join Fear, which is a complete 180 for me since they announced the crossover. God, I love this show. (laughs) Like that enthusiasm. And then finally, we have one from Kalar who says, hi, Jason, Karen, this show is going to cure me of the walking dead virus. If Negan lives, I'm barely hanging on to get through the Negan scenes. Trying to humanize him is not working. I couldn't give one shit about Lucille. Brutalizing people in her name doesn't make me sympathize with him. Making Simon worse doesn't work either. Negan is unforgivable and I will never side with him or even see him as, quote, another Rick from another point of view. He's a hundred times worse than Rick has been or will ever be. If Negan isn't dead, dead, dead for real by the season's end, I'm done with the show. I don't want to see Carl Topia with Negan in it, but I fear that's exactly where the show's headed. They changed the comic for Carl. I don't see why they can't change it for Negan too. So if Negan lives by the end of season eight, I'm done with The Walking Dead. Cured. But it'll be so sad too. Aw, those are very strong words. I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) You want Negan dead too? Uh, I wouldn't care at this point. I don't really care. He's, he, he, I, I really was, you know, on the Negan bad wagon at first, but he's just been like people say such a one note character. Um, and he just doesn't thrill me like the comic book Negan has. Uh, maybe they can turn it around. I mean, they've been doing so, such good stuff in the comic book lately with Negan. It's some of the best issues recently, but hmm. the show Negan just isn't the same. Yeah. He's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our show, episode 302. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thank you for coming on, Rima. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. That's a good one. Um, If you guys want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I always like it when people decide to record a voice message on their phone and then email that to brains at podcastica.com because it comes through really nice and clear. And also you can, if you don't like what you said, you can just re-record it and send the new one in. So that's always something to do. And if you have um, an accent, you're kind of required to. Yeah, anyone with accents next week, you you have to call Make my day. (laughs) You can also find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. 
like Strange Indeed, which is covering what? Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon on Netflix right going? now. I really like it. It's going great. That show has really, I mean, I really encourage anyone to, to try it out. It, I know people kind of dropped it in the first couple episodes I heard, um, and I totally understand why, but oh my gosh, if you stick with it and dig in, that story just gets absolutely amazing. So Cool. Yeah, it's a lot it of fun. It has, uh, what's the guy's name? Joel? Joel Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Is the who lead. Was, he was in The Killing and... Uh, He's a good. He's really good. Yeah, he he's really great in that role, and uh, we're really liking it. So yeah, check it out. What's a just a quick summary? What is it? It's sci-fi. It totally it's, looks it, like a lot of money put into it. Definitely a lot of money went into this series. It's definitely sci-fi. It's kind of a, a noir. If you are a fan of Blade Runner, it's got a lot of like Blade Runner-ish stuff to mm-hmm. it, and um, it's definitely futuristic. People like transfer their brain, their consciousnesses into new bodies or something. Yeah, so they have like digital. It's it's and it's even kind of got a little bit like a little bit of Black Mirror kind of stuff. And if you're a fan of like Black Mirror, so these people now have these digital consciousness that they can uh, they have what they call a stack, and you can load them into a sleeve or any body. Uh, a body that they call a sleeve and you can be like in anybody at any time and you know if you have enough money you can pick the really good bodies absolutely you get a good (laughs) one sometimes you don't get a very good one if you don't have a lot of money so it's it's super cool there's a lot of story um and, and a lot happening so i like it and then also please don't forget to check us out on our legion podcast that is premiering this week and we'll have an episode out later this week Next yeah. episode of this show, Walking Dead Cast, Season 8, Episode 15, Worth. What is your word, Worth? I bet it's going to be something like that. It's going to be more than Rick's word, Word is Worth, <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, Kundo Joffrey. I'm giving you my word. There's not a lot that's worth much these days, but a man's word... It's gotta mean something, right? Oh!